Act One of Berenice by Jean Racine, translated by Robert Bruce Boswell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Introduction to Berenice. Unknown to each other, both Corneille and Racine had been requested by Henrietta, Duchess of Orleans, the daughter of our Charles I, to write a tragedy on the parting of Titus and Berenice and both poets fell in with the suggestion it is said that she had a personal motive in doing so inasmuch as tender passages had occurred between herself and louis the fourteenth though a finer tragedy than corneille's tite et berenice racine's play is taken as a whole decidedly tedious and the criticism which was pronounced upon it by a candid friend in the words of a well-known song is hardly too severe marion pleure marion crie marion veut qu'on la marie which may be rendered why does mary cry so sadly mary wants a husband badly the first performance seems to have taken place in sixteen seventy or early in the following year characters titus emperor of rome read by adrian stevens berenice queen of palestine read by wendy katz hiller Antiochus, King of Comagene, read by Todd. Paulinus, a friend of Titus, read by Tchaikovsky. Arsaches, friend of Antiochus, read by Alan Mapstone. Phoenice, a friend of Berenice, read by Jen Broda. Rutilus, a Roman, read by Larry Wilson stage directions read by sonia the scene is laid at rome in a chamber between the apartments of titus and those of berenice berenice act one scene one antiochus arsaces let us stay here a moment all this pomp is a new sight to you my arsaces this chamber so superb and so secluded is oft-times privy to the emperor's secrets hither he sometimes from the court retires to pour his passion forth into the ears of berenice through this door he passes from his apartments that one leads to hers go tell her i regret to trouble her but must entreat a secret interview to trouble her my lord and you her friend so true and generous in your care for her her lover once antiochus whom all the east holds great among her greatest monarchs what though in hope she shares the throne with titus is she so far removed in rank from you go nor concern yourself with other matters see if i soon may speak with her in private scene two antiochus antiochus art thou the same as ever canst say to her i love thee without trembling i quake already and my throbbing heart dreads now as much as it desired this moment has not fair berenice slain my hopes and did she not enjoin eternal silence five years have they been dead and till this day my passion has assumed the mask of friendship can i expect the destined bride of titus to hear me better than in palestine 
he weds her. Have I then until this hour delayed to come and own me still her lover? What fruit will follow from a rash confession? Since part we must, let's part without displeasure. I will withdraw unseen, and from her sight go, to forget her, or perchance to die. What? Suffer torments that she knows not of for ever, and for ever feed on tears? Fear to offend her now when losing her? And why, fair queen, should I incur thine anger? Come, I ask you to resign the throne of empire, and to love me? Nay, I come only to say that, flattered for so long by hope that obstacles might cross my rival, to-day I find he can do all, and Hymen has lit his torch. Vain all my constancy. After five years of love and wasted hopes, I leave thee faithful still, though hope be dead. Can that displease her? Nay, she needs must pity. In any case, I can hold out no longer. And wherefore should a hopeless lover fear, who was resolved to see her never more? Scene three. Antiochus Arsaces. Have we admittance? I have seen the queen, but hard it was to struggle through the crowd that surged around of ever fresh adorers attracted by the news of coming greatness. Titus, eight days in strict seclusion spent, ceases at length to mourn his father's loss, and gives himself once more to amorous cares. And, may I trust the rumours of the court, perhaps ere nightfall happy Berenice shall change the name of queen for that of empress. Alas! can this report disturb my lord so then i cannot speak with her alone sire you shall see her i have told the queen you wish to have a secret interview and with a look she deigned to grant assent willing to lend herself to your entreaty doubtless she waits a favourable moment to escape from troublesome congratulations "'Tis well. But has my Arsasus neglected none of the weighty matters he was charged with? "'You know, my lord, my prompt obedience. Ships have been fitted out at Ostia, ready to quit the port at any moment, and stay but for your orders. But I know not whom you are sending back to Comangeny. "'When I have seen her, then departure follows.' "'Who must depart?' myself you when i leave this palace i leave rome and that for ever your words surprise me and with justice sire after queen berenice for so long has forced you to forsake your throne and country detaining you for three whole years at rome and when this queen her victory achieved, expects your presence at her royal nuptials, when amorous Titus, giving her his hand, surrounds her with a glory which reflects its light on you. Let her enjoy her fortune. We've talked enough. Pray, leave me, Arsaces. I understand you, sire. 
these dignities have made the queen ungrateful for your kindness friendship betrayed brings hatred in its train no arsaces i never held her dearer has then the emperor dazzled with new splendour ventured to slight you does his waning favour warn you to take your flight from him and rome titus is constant as a friend can be i should do wrong to blame him why depart then some fancy makes you your own enemy heaven places on the throne a prince who loves you who erst was witness to your valiant prowess when in his steps you followed death and glory who aided by your valour in the end reduced beneath his yoke the rebel jews with mingled pride and pain he well remembers the day that closed the long and doubtful siege the enemy upon their triple rampart watched at their ease our ineffectual efforts and all in vain we plied the battering ram you you alone bearing a ladder brought death and destruction as you scaled their walls that day had well nigh proved your last and titus embraced you lying wounded in my arms while rome's victorious legions wept your fall and now the time is come for you to reap the fruit of all the blood they saw you shed if eager to behold your realm again you weary of a life without a sceptre can you not wait at least till honour laden from caesar's triumph glad euphrates greet you with such additions to your royal title as rome bestows in token of her friendship can naught prevail to change your purpose sire you answer nothing what wouldst have me say i wait to have a word with berenice and then my lord hers will decide my fate how sire i wait to learn from her own lips the truth or falsehood of the voice of rumour that seats her on the imperial throne with titus if she is pledged to wed him i go hence and why so fatal in your eyes this marriage the rest i'll tell you after we are gone in what perplexity your words involve me she comes farewell do all that i have said scene four berenice antiochus finisi at last from these oppressive gratulations i steal away from friends made mine by fortune escaping from their vain and tedious homage to find a friend whose words come from his heart i'll not deny it that my just impatience blamed you for some degree of negligence why does antiochus said i whose care for me has had for witness rome and asia constant and true whatever crossed my path in close attendance on my varied fortunes why when to-day heaven seems to promise me an honour that i fain would share with him hides he himself and leaves me to the mercy of stranger crowds tis true then madam is it am i to understand from what you say 
that your long wooing is to end in marriage? I will confide to you my late alarms. The last few days not without tears I've spent. The morning Titus on his court imposed had held his love suspended e'en in secret. No more for me that ardor he displayed when by my eyes entranced the livelong day he sat and sighed and could not speak for tears. He bade me for a while a sad farewell. Think how I must have grieved, whose fervent passion adores him for himself alone, as oft-times to you I've owned, who, were his state as mean as tis exalted, would have chosen him but for his virtues. Has he now resumed his amorous suit? You witnessed how last night the Senate, seconding his pious cares, enrolled his father as a deity. His filial duty, satisfied thereby, has given place to love and care for me. E'en at this moment, though he told me not of his intention, his command has gathered the Senate, that the bounds of Palestine may beyond Syria and Arabia reach, and, if I may believe his friend's report, and his own promise sworn a thousand times, he will crown Berenice queen of all, adding to other titles that of empress. Hither he comes himself for my assurance. And I am come to bid farewell for ever. Farewell for ever? What is this you say? Prince, you look pale, and trouble dims your eye. Yes. I must leave you. What? May I not know the reason? Antiochus aside. Without seeing her again, twere better to have gone. What fear you? Speak. Why keep me in suspense? What mystery surrounds this parting? Tis to your command I bow, remember, as you hear me now for the last time. If from your present greatness your memory recalls your birthplace, madam, you cannot have forgotten that my heart there felt love's arrows first from your sweet eyes. Agrippa gave his sanction to my passion, and, as your brother, spoke on my behalf. Nor seemed you angry at the suit so urged. But to my loss came Titus, saw and won your admiration dazzled by a hero who carried in his hands the wrath of Rome. Judea quailed before him, and I fell the earliest victim of his vanquished foes. Soon did your lips, making my fate more bitter, bid mine be silent. Long did I dispute that cruel sentence. With my eyes I spoke, followed you everywhere with sighs and tears. At last your rigor turned the trembling scale, I must conceal my passion or be banished. You made me swear obedience to that compact. But I confess, e'en at that very moment, when you extorted promise so unfair, I swore that I would never cease to love you. Alas, what words are these? Five years have I quelled mine own heart, and will be silent still. I followed my victorious rival's arms, and hoped, since tears were vain, that I might shed my blood, or that my name, by many a feat renowned, might reach your ears, deaf to my voice. Heaven seemed disposed to end my misery. 
You mourned my death, but a worse fate was mine. And, disappointed, I survived the danger. The Emperor's valor more than matched my rage. His merit I must own with true esteem. Though near in prospect gleamed the imperial scepter, the darling of the universe, and loved by you, he seemed the mark for every blow, whilst hopeless, scorned, and weary of his life, his hapless rival followed where he led. I see your heart echoes my praise of him in secret, and attentive to my tale of woe, you hear me now with less regret, for Titus's sake, forgiving all the rest. At last the long and cruel siege was over. He tamed the rebels left by feuds intestine, by fire and famine, bleeding, sick and pale, and laid their ramparts low neath heaps of ruins. Rome saw you with the conqueror arrive. How, in my desert home, I pined and languished. Long stayed I, roaming about Cesara, those charming gardens where I learned to love you, and made my quest for you through your dominions, sad after your absence, sought to trace your steps, and wept my failure, till, in mere despair, mastered by grief, I turned towards Italy, where fate reserved for me her latest stroke. Titus, embracing me, brought me to you. A veil of friendship so deceived you both that you revealed your love to me who loved you. But still some lingering hope soothed my displeasure. Rome and Vespasian frowned upon your sighs. For all his conquests, Titus might be foiled. The sire is dead, and now the son is master. Why fled I not at once? Some days I wished wherein to watch the progress of affairs. My cup is full of sorrow, yours of joy. You, without me, will have enough to witness your happiness with glad congratulations. I, who could only add ill-omened tears, too constant victim of a fruitless love, relieved to tell this story of my woes, stained by no wild revenge, to her who caused them, depart, although I love you more than ever. I would not have believed that on this day, which is to join my destiny with Caesar's, I could have suffered, mortal, unrebuked, to tell me to my face he is my lover. But friendship kept me silent. For its sake I pardon language that might well offend me, nor checked the torrent of unjust upbraiding. Yet more, I grieve to hear that we must part. Heaven knows that in the midst of all my honors I yearned for one thing more, that you might witness my joy. Like all the world, I held your virtues esteemed. My Titus met your admiration with warm regard, and many a time I joyed as if with Titus when I talked with you. Tis this that wings my flight. I shun too late. Converse wherein you give no thought to me. I fly from Titus, from a name that tortures each moment that your cruel lips repeat it. Shall I say more? I cannot bear those eyes whose absent gaze seem fixed upon another. Farewell. Your image in my heart abides. I go to wait for death, still loving you. But fear not that my passion so deluded will make the world resound with my misfortunes. The tidings of a death that I desire 
alone will tell you that I lived so long. Farewell. Scene 5. Berenice Finisi. Ah, how I pity him! Such faith deserved a happier lot. Madam, do you not pity him? This sudden parting leaves me, I own it, my Phoenix, secret sorrow. I would have kept him back. I keep him back? Nay, I should rather force me to forget him. Wouldst have me, then, encourage a mad passion? Not yet has Titus all his heart unbosomed. With eyes of jealousy, Rome sees you, madam. I dread for you the rigor of her laws. They count to foreign marriage a disgrace. All monarchs Rome detests, and Bernice is one. The time is gone when I could tremble. The emperor loves me, and his word has power unlimited. He'll see the senate bring me their homage, and the people crown his statues with garlands. Have you seen this night's rare splendor? Are not your eyes filled with its dazzling glory? That funeral pyre, the darkness lost in light of blazing torches, armies with their eagles, long lines of lictors, councils, senators, a crowd of kings, and all with glory borrowed from Titus. Gold and purple which enhanced his majesty, and bays that crowned the victor. All eyes of visitors from every land turning their eager gaze on him alone, that noble carriage and that air benign. Good gods, with what affection and respect all hearts assured him of their loyalty. Could any then behold him and not think, as I did, that, however lowly born, the world would still have owned him as its master. But whither does my fond remembrance wander? All Rome, Phoenix, at this very moment offers her vows for Titus, and with smoke of sacrifice inaugurates his reign. Why should we linger? Let us add our prayers for his success to heaven that watches over him. Then straight away, without waiting to be summoned, I'll seek him, and in loving colloquy say all that warm affection, long repressed, inspires in hearts contented with each other. End of Act One